and welcome back to the Parent Cafe podcast. My name is Allie. And I'm Sarah. And we are joined nice today by, <laughs> yeah, Anna's back. Anna, Anna 2.0. <laughs> Watch out, no. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> so last week, or no, two weeks ago now, so it's mm-hmm. episode eight on the podcast, we had Anna on and we talked about uh, three of five key things that Anna OT has uh, prepared for us. So they were going outside, less screen time, and predictability, so routines and schedules. So Anna, do you want to take us through a little recap, and then we'll dive into the rest? Sure. Awesome. So thank you again for having me back. I really appreciate this. I know we talked a, um, was kind of long-winded last time, but what I was hoping <laughs> is provide um, parents with some um, five things, like five areas that over the years of being an OT that I really help um, pretty much all my families with and, um, and, and that makes a difference with the behaviors that their children are having at home because they come to me with behaviors. They don't come to me and say, oh, I want to decrease my screen time or get my kids outside more. That's usually not the reason why people come to me. Um, they come to me because their their kids are bouncing off the walls and they're struggling with management of behavior at home. Um, they are struggling with maybe some development of their children and they're wanting some ideas and tips and, and help in that area. So um, so these are kind of the five areas that I had mentioned that I feel that I help parents with the most. And they're not like they're all things that we've all heard about as parents and I'm a parent, so I, I need these things too. Um, and they're just good reminders of, uh, of why they're important. And also I wanted to provide practical ideas of what you can actually, how you can actually do this um, without it seeming overwhelming to you. So the, and, and my suggestion to you as a parent is like to pick one area first that you feel that you would like to improve the most or change the most in your home or routine or like your habits and then work on that one area first until that becomes more natural for your family. And then maybe pick another area that you feel that um, it would be beneficial in your life or in your family to modify or change or adapt a bit. And don't dive all in. No, I mean, I mean, you can, I mean, I know parents who are like, we're going to do all these things. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Ready on parents. go but it's hard like it is it's hard to change one thing as a parent never mind someone telling you to change all these things right. um, and so just pick one area and and dabble in it and pick a few more things in that area and then you know and then as you get your confidence and things change and routines adjust and um your family adjusts to those new expectations or your new ways of doing things then add a new thing so um, instead of overwhelming yourself. So the getting outside and playing, this is probably a really a good or slash bad time to talk about it because we are going to get a really, really cold snap. It's <laughs> exceptionally difficult to get outside and play. And so um, in our area of Alberta, um, sometimes that means we can't get outside and play when it's going to be like highs of minus 30 for a few right. days up here. Um, and so then we need to then make sure that we provide a lot of physical activity play in the house mm-hmm. if that's the case too. Um, but getting outside to play uh, allows children to just 
move their bodies in very unstructured ways. So that means they can just move their body how their body wants to move. So if they want to spin around, um, they can spin around. If they want to crash around, they can crash. If they want to dig and get messy and dirty, they can dig and get messy and dirty. And um, you know, when children are born and people are born, um, their brains need all these sensory sensations to learn and develop. And so depending on what each child's brain needs, um, whatever those senses are that they really seek and they need um, to either regulate and calm themselves or to learn about properties of the environment and how things work, then that outdoor kind of free play allows for that. So that's why um, that's so important. And also it allows for that movement of your body and space that is different than in the house because you know, you're generally not letting them climb, climb all the time in the house and um, they're not going to learn those kind of movements in their body position as easily inside the house. Um, and also it's really good for, you know, lots of studies with, you know, um, re releasing really good happy hormones um, and chemicals in our brain for us as parents and adults and all people, never mind just children. One uh, quick little tip. Yep. that I've seen somewhere it was like if you can't get outside because it's freezing cold like just play in the window so like draw on, on the window oh, like yeah. just to get the if there's sun just to get those rays in on you too like I've seen like babies like they just put it them in a sunny spot to play on tummy time and at least they're getting a little bit of that vitamin d yeah. if, if we're lucky enough to get sun in the cold <laughs> yeah. snap yeah snowing so um yeah so inside the house you can um, make obstacle courses you can have make crash areas where they can jump off of couches onto like uh, pads and pillows and things like that so they can have a crash area you can make slides um using cardboard downstairs um you can make uh lots of things like that you can pull them around on sheets in the house so they just go on rides and they sit on a sheet and you drag them around your house on a sheet um, and so you can kind of give them that physical activity play um, in in a house it's not easy I know but um, you can you can do that too so so that's for the outside um, first number tip my number two tip was decreasing the amount of screen time and that's just been um, you know, a really advocated, and I know people hear this all the time, but that is something that the pediatricians around um, the world are recommending that it screen time does not provide any beneficial um, learning opportunities for children to and under. And so it just is not how brains learn. Um, they learn by face-to-face -face communication, face-to-face -face contact with adults and humans and caregivers and people. Um, and that's how they get reciprocal back and forth interactions. They make a noise, parent responds, um, child goes, oh, I just learned that if I make that noise, mom looks at me and stuff like that. So reducing the screen time is so important. It is going to be hard again with this cold snap coming in. Um, and so... Uh, my suggestion is, again, to really start making a list right now of things that your child really likes to do. And um, so that when you're flustered and they're bugging you for something, you have kind of a list of things that you know that they like to do and you can pull it out for them to do. So if your kid loves making a mess um, and playing with sensory stuff, then maybe making sure you have some Play-Doh or a rice bin or something like that a present. Um, in your house for the next uh, cold snap here. 
um, or uh, be willing to uh, fill the sink up with water and bubbles and let them play in the sink and just play in water and bubbles or have bath baths every day um, with with them and let them play in the bathtub and, and make a mess in there and splash and, and pour and all that. Um, uh, if they love um, crafting and that kind of stuff, have some craft supplies ready and available and just know that your table is probably going to um, be covered and stuff like that for a little bit. Um, and <laughs> active, do lots of as much of that active kind of play that you can. And 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 still, it is going to be really cold. But that doesn't mean that you can't go outside for a short periods of time. We have lots of clothes that we can layer them up in and put snow pants and snow suits and mitts and gloves and toques and scarves and go quickly and dig in the snow and you know scoop with spoons or whatever or shovels and and uh, buckets and pails and quickly do that for five ten minutes that's pretty heavy hard work and then get back inside the house and warm up with some hot milk or hot chocolate or something like that so um and when an easy way an easier way to reduce some of that screen time is by my third point, which is kind of creating some predictability or routine in your house. Um, and so again, as I explained in much more detail in the last one, you don't need to be like scheduled like in 15 or 30 minute increments like that it does not need to be how things have to be. Some families like that more structured time frame, but you can also just be structured in the sense of what happens in a certain order in your house mm -hmm. so you can wake up and then um, they can eat and then they can get dressed or they can wake up and get dressed and then eat it doesn't have to be a certain time that they have to be done at um, but the predictability of you once you're finished eating you need to go and get dressed and get your clothes on um, then won't become a fight that um, they don't want to put their clothes on because that's just the routine and expectation that that happens and then, you know, after um, they eat and after they get dressed and brush their teeth, then maybe um, for the older kids, they could have, you know, a half hour show on TV. And so if that predictability is in there, they know that that's when they're going to have their, their screen time for the day um, or the morning and then the afternoon, they can have another bit of screen time. If they know that that's always going to be um, going to occur and you're consistent with it as a parent and predictable then they won't be bugging you all the time like every five minutes can I watch this can I play this can I do this I want the phone I want the iPad um, it doesn't eliminate it for a hundred percent because um, if if that was the case then they would just be like so easygoing and and some kids are like that but generally kids are going to want to like kind of keep pushing and seeing hey can I get mom and dad or grandma to change mm -hmm. again in a really sweet voice will they change um and because that's their job too to see what your boundaries and your limits are so if you give in to their requests lots of times then they're going to keep pushing those boundaries and keep bugging you and asking you so if you're going to say Oh, you know, when we have, um, you get to watch your show, you get to watch your show after your teeth are done. So when your teeth are all done, your clothes are on, then we can put on um, Bob the Builder or whatever their show is, <laughs> you know, so that dates me maybe. I don't even know. If no, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that kids are too into it right now, but that was my favorite. So <laughs> bring Bob the Builder back. That's right. 
um, so, um, so again, but if you kind of randomly give in to kind of when they can watch it, then they're gonna, they're not gonna know really what your limits are and what your line is. And then they're just gonna always ask you. So, um, so that predictability and in how you respond to your children, and then the predictability of kind of what um, the routine is in the house or the expectations, even like um, I've been posting some things recently on scissor use and tips on how parents can help their children learn how to use scissors. But I mean, we had a really, really hard rule at our house about scissors. I had no scissors available at our house ever that were just left out for kids or anybody because um, because otherwise you know what's going to happen like they're going to want to cut things with scissors their hair their clothes uh, the counter uh, a teddy bear anything and everything because they are learning what scissors do with every material and it doesn't matter how many times we say they only do this they only don't do them for this don't you know that that's their job is to learn and explore and be scientists that is their job that's how they're going to learn is by doing these sensory experiences so my rule when i was a parent with the young children to only two years apart was that i brought the scissors out and they were at the kitchen table and i was either always at the table with them when they were first using scissors because otherwise you would get be getting haircuts and clothing cuts and stuff like that um or you know or when they got a little bit more mature and experienced and they had used them more so they knew they understood that the scissors would just get taken away if they got used for something else then um then they would then they would use you know i would be in the kitchen and doing like the dishes or getting prepping snacks or something like that for them so so you know having that really consistent rule that um, that scissors are at the table and you can use scissors. You just have to ask me for scissors and I might have time and we can use them at the table. Um, but scissors is a perfect example. Those can keep kids entertained for a really long time. Mm -hmm. They don't get them all the time and they're pretty fun because they get to cut things. Um, so that's a good uh, cold weather activity actually. Yeah, yeah I I like that. Like just be consistent basically yeah. is what it goes back to. Yeah. And it's hard to be consistent all the time. Like it, mm -hmm. it is hard and you won't be consistent all the time as a parent. So choose what things you want to be consistent with. So um, if, if markers and crayons and scissors are always at the table and that's the only place where they are, then, then that makes it um, that that one rule I'll always follow, but maybe I won't follow. I don't care where the, you know, where the toys are in the house, and I won't care with, you know, other things are. But that I'm going to be in the books. I don't care where the books are, and I don't care what those things are. But I'm going to be really consistent and focus on that, um, that one that one rule. So that, then I can follow through with it as a parent because the other stuff I can't I can't keep up with, and then 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 your structure falls apart, and then then the child realizes there isn't really a structure again. So um, we have to kind of, yeah, decide with that. So um, so my, so going on, so my other two areas that we're gonna talk about a lot today mm -hmm. is um, I'm looking at my list 
because I get sidetracked really easily. <laughs> so oh. number four. Number four, yes. <laughs> and so number four is um, kind of uh, time with your child or the positive responses to your child. Mm -hmm. So um, lots of times like people are really like, oh, I'm with my kid all day long. Like they're with me all day long. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm and, and it's true, like when we are home with our kids when they're young or when you're a stay-at-home mom, like you're with them all day long. And so just remember that children are wired from birth, right? That this is how their brains learn um, to have that human connection and interaction face-to-face -face with you. So um, them wanting your attention they really want your face-to-face -face present attention to what they are doing um and and even if it's you, you know like silly ridiculous insignificant in your mind it is super important in their developing brains to have you connect with them you know um, respond to what it is that they want you to look at or attend to, um, even if it's just briefly, um, and then, and then, then they go back and they're playing their thing again. So remembering as, as, um, adults to the amount of screen time that we are on when we are around our children. So if we are looking at our phone and attending to our screen in our phone and the kid is trying to get our attention um, beside us here and we're looking here, they will act, ramp their attention up, their behavior up to get us to switch our focus to them. So they will either make more noise or maybe be more destructive or more energetic um, or poking and prodding you more to get you to switch your um, attention and interaction to them. Even though you may be responding to them verbally, it doesn't give them that human face-to-face um, -face connection that their brain is really, really seeking. So yes it looks like they're very needy and demanding and all of that um but it is them that's how their brain they the brain needs that interaction for you to respond to them give them that face-to-face -face um, um interaction that response with that social emotional cue of how that interaction is going to go um, um for them to understand and learn those human connections mm -hmm. so um, as hard as it is for us to decrease the screen time for our children, we have to really be um, cognizant of, of the amount of time that our faces are in front of a screen and, um, and putting our own devices in locations um, where we maybe when we're playing and inter interacting with the kids in the living room, maybe the phone isn't there and it's in the kitchen or something like that. So we give some real interaction time it's easier for us if we're looking at a book or a magazine to stop looking at it and look up at the kids mm -hmm. and then come back to it. It, it. I mean, it just is, that is because it's not, um, it's not a, an electrical device. They, they are addictive for us as well as adults. So if, um, if that's hard for you and you, and you don't want to actually be down there on the ground playing the whole time with your kids, which you don't need to be doing, but you need to be some presence, then you can have um, 
um, you know, a, a book or you can be drawing and coloring and stuff like that as an adult as too, if that's something that you enjoy doing. So, so that's, and that's, that's also like kids will mirror that, won't they? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So if you're wanting your child, like, you know, again, it, it comes really back at you when the kids get a little older and you're like, oh my goodness, the kids are just acting like me, ah, you right. know? So if you're wanting the child to stop and look and listen to you and do what you've asked them to do, then you need to model some of those um, actions and behaviors yourself. If you want your children to go play, uh, go, go play. And yet you're modeling staying on your device and phone all the time mm -hmm. that um, that just teaches them and gives them the model. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Be so we have to be really cognizant of that again, like, you know, if we want our kids to go outside and play, then we have to go outside and play too. Right. And so they get to a point where they are a little older and more independent and you can send them out to play independently, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the, other, the other thing that I mean with like, so time with your child and positive responses and, and such is like, again, we, we get into these habits as parents is like responding with like correcting behavior all the time. So we're constantly like, no, don't do that. No, get off your, you know, brother, quit hitting that. Don't uh, let go of the cat, you know, um, stop yelling. And it's always directed of what they can't do. Um, and so a really huge thing to see if you could, ch it, first of all, try to notice that if, in yourself a, as a parent, if that tends to be your your go-to, because some parents that isn't their go-to. Um, I know that was my go-to. I'd be like, no, don't, you know, stop, don't, ah, you know, all the time. And if that is your go-to, if that's your habit that you tend to do that, try to see if you can change that to saying what you want them to do. So um, if they're climbing on the furniture and you're saying, stop, get off the furniture, don't do that, then tell them, you know, feet on the ground, you know, mm -hmm. so tell them where their body can be. Here, jump on this cushion and put some cushions on the ground. Um, so instead of just saying no, no, no all day long, you're actually telling them what they can do mm -hmm. um, and what your your um, suggestions are for them because when we tell them what they can't do then all they can think about all they have in their head is what they can't do they don't have an idea of what they can do mm -hmm. so we know what we want them to do so tell them instead what they can do um my example for this is um is like if we this is a, I don't know why this works for me, but if someone says to me, you know, don't pick your nose, um, for some reason, as soon as I say that, my nose starts to itch. Yeah, I like, want to pick my nose. And I have to like rub my nose. I don't know why. It's like this, yeah, right? It's crazy. And it's like someone tells you something and subconsciously my mind is like, I got to itch my nose. My yeah. nose is itching now. And of course, I just was told not to do that. So it kind of sometimes that, that like um, reverse psychology for mm -hmm. some reason sometimes works like that. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know, don't pick your nose, you can say, oh, go get a Kleenex, right. wipe your nose, you know, 
um because that's what you want them to do and mm -hmm. yeah so um you're making my nose itchy i know right? <laughs> my, <laughs> my whole face no right nobody nobody's nose was itchy or face nope. was itchy. <laughs> and then I said that, and that's what happened. So say, I wonder if viewers are going to feel the same. I know, I know. I hope so, because it drives me nuts. Like when I do that, and it and it happens every time. And so again, you know, um, trying to think of what to tell your child they can do. Is that is that kind of along the same lines as like you give a child like a re like a no, you can't do this, and then their curiosity is more like well, why can't I? So then they're more likely to just keep doing that thing because it's like, okay, well, I need to test why. Like yeah. they have like a science project in front of them at mm -hmm. that point. It's like, well, why can't I jump on the couch? What's going to happen? Like That's no, right. no one's getting hurt. No one's telling me why. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's their, their whole job is to be these sensory detectors and detectives. Right. And that's where I think like try to really think of your kid as just going around making senses all day long, like feeling things and hearing things and touching things and seeing things and mm. moving and feel like feeling their body and how it moves. And like, that is all they do all day long. And, and that is their job to, uh, to repetitively feel those sensations in all these different ways. So, um, and, and, and in that same sense, they will, they like certain things. Each child's body likes certain sensations different than other kids. Mm -hmm. And so then they seek those out because they feel good and other kids avoid certain things because they don't feel good for their bodies, mm -hmm. just like we do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, if we say they can't do something and they haven't really figured out um, what it feels like and et cetera, mm -hmm. then they're going to really be curious about it. If it's a safety thing, it's a safety thing. And that's a hard no, you know, like there's reasons for that. And that's your job as a parent to keep them safe from those mm -hmm. safety things. But the other things that you're just saying no to, you have to like set your, your home up. So number one, is it, is it something that, is there a reason for safety that you're saying no to? So then you're like, no, that is unsafe, like danger. Don't do that, you know, because you don't stick something in the socket or something like that. That's dangerous. You're going to be no on that. You know, that's a hard no. Yeah. But you're going to say, okay, well, let's find some things. Let's make some things that you can poke things in and you can, you can make a lid and make holes in it. And they can mm -hmm. try to shove things into those lidded, you know, sheep sorters or your own homemade thing, because that's probably what they're trying to do is poke things in holes. And so you're trying to figure out what they're doing and, and giving them an option of what they can do with it. Is that um, kind of, is that kind of like why, um, children, especially around like that four, five, they like direction. Yeah. Like they like to be tasked with mm -hmm. doing things or given, given a job responsibilities or jobs. Yeah. Is that kind of right. similar because you're like giving them the okay to do something? That's right. And you're giving, not only are you giving them the okay to do something, but then in a positive way, they're getting um, a lot of really positive feedback from you. Oh, you're being my helper. Thank you so much. Right. And so you are absolutely creating that positive feedback to them instead of this negative kind of nagging loop that that's so easy to get into. Um, and so you know, that is exactly why. And, and they, you know, that can start, you know, really young with kids, you know, 18 months old, where they're really wanting to be that helper. Mm -hmm. um, um, it, 
the other thing too with the like the positive response things or trying to change how you how trying to decrease the amount of kind of negative attention you're giving your children and trying to give that positive attention so when they are playing really quietly when they are playing how you'd like them to play when they are um, giving their sibling a turn on something you know point those things out oh I really like how you gave um, your brother that um, oh I love how you're building um, with your Legos right now that is so creative tell me what you're building mm -hmm. um, because that again instead of just ignoring them when they're being good and then um, nagging at them when they're irritating and doing the things you don't want them to do then you're just giving them the attention when they're um, seeking kind of negative behavior yeah it's positive reinforcement yeah yeah you want to flip that dialogue if that's the dialogue that's happening in your house you want to you want to flip it so that you're giving them um, attention and feedback when they're doing the things that you want them to do and um and then when they're doing the things you don't want them to do you kind of guide them into the things you want them to do right um and if if they if they need even more ideas of what to do like if they're you know uh, digging in your plant and dumping dirt out of your plant for the millionth time and you know number one you have to ask yourself is it worth your attention as an adult as a parent right now to have that plant there like seriously like you have yep. to make that decision is this a battle i want to fight every single day having a plant with dirt in it in, in, a, in a room that's accessible to my child maybe i need to rethink this and wait another you know, move it to a different location, give it to a friend for a while and get it back in six months or, you know, when, when my child's maybe a little more mature and I have the patience to address this again. Right. <laughs> uh, or am I going to, I might give them two choices too. So you can give them like, instead of just saying what they can do, you can also give them two choices of something that they can do. Um, so you can say, oh, would you like, you know, to um, go and go to the sink and we can wash some dishes or make some bubbles? Or do you want to go and um, do some scribbling at the table? Or do you want to play with your cards? Like you can give them choices, give them concrete choices of something that they can do. Um, so that sometimes is good too, because then you're like, okay, I don't want them doing that, but I want them doing these things. And you can, mm -hmm. you can give them a choice. They don't have to say yes to it. It's just, you're giving them an idea mm -hmm. of that. So that also is sometimes helpful for, um, for us as, um, to, to remind us that we also have to give them ideas. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they aren't, they, our brains aren't like ours yet. They don't have all these ideas in their head. Um, they're just living in the second, in the moment, right? So. Right. Um, I find myself like even with Abby now, like she's two mm -hmm. and I say, go play. And I'm like, I know she doesn't even know like what she wants to play with. So then I'm like correcting myself. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Like, what do you want to do? Like, or like, let's do yeah. one, like find yeah. your babies. Like let's push your babies in the stroller, like something like that. But like, you just automatically, like even to the no thing, it's like, you just mm -hmm. say no right away. And then you're like, oh wait, why am I even saying no? Yeah. You're like, yeah, you can do that. Or like, let's do it in a different way, but it's yeah. just like a reaction. Oh, it, 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 but, 
it is a massive reaction. It comes mm-hmm. so fast with us. And then we're like, why is our kid's first word no? Yeah. <laughs> why? Yep. You know? But I think it's it's really hard to not say no though, because when yeah. you say no, you you're starting that at an age where you think they don't really understand the purpose of the no anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, okay, if I say no, then at least they'll associate the no with like a bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you would you know, just train anything really. Yeah. But when you think about like a, you know, eight month old, they're sitting there playing and if they stick their hands in a plant pot and you say no, they're probably not thinking, oh, that was bad. But I often like find it actually does work when you like grab a baby and give them other things to do. They like really quickly forget about mm-hmm. like the plant and the pot. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, I know totally like the no is just the jerk reaction to everything. It's just like, nope. But instead it's like, okay, yeah, here's a little container and a spoon you can play with instead. So it doesn't really matter what age, because I know a lot of people will be thinking, well, yeah, sure. I can redirect my four-year-old and take them by the hand and bring them to the sink to wash a dish for me. But what about like a six month old, an eight month old, a 10 month old, but it's the same. You're still going to be more beneficial for you to redirect the behavior than yeah. to just go mm-hmm. no that's bad right but because because okay and and I'm not saying that you don't say no ever because that that's not true either <laughs> yeah. because you want to keep that no to be important mm-hmm. okay so that if a situation comes up and your child you see them and they're quickly in danger and you say no stop mm-hmm. they're gonna listen to you yeah, because yeah. It isn't one that you use out of your mouth all day long mm-hmm. in interactions with your child so you like you want that no to work and you mm-hmm. want that to be able to be meaningful to your child. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have to have um, an ability to, you know, control the situation when things are in a, in a, in a getting out of control. And, and no is our fastest way or stop is our fastest way of doing that, right, as, as in, in our language. Um, besides just picking a kid up and, and moving them. <laughs> So, uh, which works great too, right? <laughs> For a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah here we go. Um, so, so, so I'm not saying that you don't ever say no, you never mm-hmm. say no to your kid. That's not the, the point. The point is that you need to uh, determine if you tend to say no for everything mm-hmm. and they're just trying to experience something. They don't know what else to do, you know? So, and again, when they're really little, distraction and redirection works fabulous mm-hmm. works fabulous but there comes a time when that will developmentally they get past that so yeah. you know they're 18 months old um, or older and sometimes distraction and and um, um, redirection doesn't work no. you know and so then they want know, what they want when they want it they're too exactly. curious yeah, yeah. So, because they're curious mm-hmm. so like we've been saying the, these sensory curious little bodies want to experience these things so then we have to try to um you know if you start seeing a pattern that the kids keep wanting to do one thing over and over then you're gonna have to set up some opportunities for them to actually experience those in a safe way that you are um satisfied as a parent and you can manage that so yeah the the other thing with the time and stuff with your child too is um, 
it, the worst thing we can do and you every parent knows this and they go oh, I've so I shouldn't have done that this morning but this is what happened is the rushing so mm. we are on a timeline like we know as parents like okay I have to get my kid out the door in five minutes or 10 minutes and I need to do a b and c first or I need to go to the grocery store and I just need to pick up a b and c and I want to get out of there and we have this time frame that we as adults, we follow our life is by time, but children's life is not by time. They no. have no concept of time. And, um, and so if you are rushing um, them and a lot of blowups and issues are around you trying to get things done in a certain length of time, then um, reassess that maybe you're not creating enough time for the things to get done within that time frame. Yeah, that's a lot of words, same time. <laughs> so, um, you know, so again, like, um, you know, you're on a mission to go grocery shopping and your child just wants to touch everything and feel everything and go down all the aisles and you just really wanna go right to the back of the store, get one thing and come back again. Um, so you have to decide then, you know, okay, I I have this really short time frame. So, hey, we are going to have a race and see how fast we're going to go and get the milk today. Um, and we're going to go as quickly as we can. Ready? Let's get our timers on. We set my phone timer. Let's go and see if we can get it as quick as we can. And, we, and, and we're out. And I know that's not going to work very often, but that might work a couple times when you have to really race in and out. Right, um, right. And you might, um, they might agree to being pushed in the car during, in the cart that time instead of, um, instead of fighting you and not wanting to be in the cart and want to touch everything. Um, and again, like trying to leave in the morning, have more time to do the things that need to get done so that, um, that you're not um, pushing the kids out the door that last minute and it's a chaos and fighting and arguing and stuff like that. So, that, so again, kids are not on a time frame. They do have no concept of time and it's a real adult concept. And so to just remember that. Yeah, I like that because it's like, if they want to learn how to put their shoes on and that's when they're gonna do it, is it worth you fighting them or is it worth you just getting up 10 minutes earlier or whatever so that they can just put their shoes on? Right. Like, is it really worth the fight or is it like just a time management thing? Yeah, and then, and that's your decision, right? So um, as a parent and every parent's gonna be different, you know? So you're gonna be like, okay, that and that actually goes into our next um, point. So my fifth Perfect. Point, yay, that was awesome. <laughs> we need to plan that. Um, <laughs> so the fifth thing um, is, um, so at kind of independent skills. So they, well, as an occupational therapist, um, we call uh, activities of daily living. So skills that help, um, that you do to um, help yourself during the day, things that you do for yourself. And so things um, like getting dressed, okay? So um, it, brushing their teeth, going to the bathroom, things like that. And so children naturally um, start wanting to um, be independent and they start wanting to take the clothes off and uh, put their socks on and off and feed themselves and you know Sarah. um, Sarah's I, going I it. relate to this so <laughs> so much she's like you, right? has always been the most independent <laughs> child like 
tried to feed her as a baby, like spoon feed her. It's like, nope, I'm not doing that. Like yep. just everything, like just every, I so relate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the personalities of each children are different, right? Um, and, but we really want to encourage that independence without pulling our hair out as parents too, right? So um, again, create some rules like, okay, mom does five bites first and then you can do the rest or whatever, or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, mom's going to do the soup. You can do the rep, you know, the other thing. Um, so, you, you know, that you can kind of, again, create that predictability for your child. So you're not fighting over, over who's got control all the time. Um, but they, they really want to um, practice doing these things. And that is their way of like, just like they want to touch everything and smell things and taste things and, um, and move things and all that. They also want to practice moving their bodies in certain ways. Um, and that's motor planning. And that's also part of sensory processing is involved in motor planning. So um, for them to learn how to take their socks off, um, it takes a lot of skill to coordinate their body and and figure out where to grab on their foot so that uh, awareness of their body and space, and then figure out which direction to pull, that proprioceptive awareness, and then how much strength to use to pull it, and then they get it off and they're like, yes, success, (laughs) you know, rush of endorphins for them because they were successful, Mm -hmm. it's really good for them and and usually as the parent you're like whoa you pulled your sock off and then eventually that's like keep your socks on you know keep your socks <laughs> on. But again is that is that an argument or are you like who cares if they wear socks yeah wear socks? <laughs> you know, or clothes yeah or clothes for that matter <laughs> who needs them no so, um, really trying to when your child starts showing that early signs of independence um, to nurture that and encourage that. Um, so if they want to hold their bottle, then, um, you know, then, then you let them hold their bottle and, you know, you can cuddle mm-hmm. with them while they're holding their bottle um, because that's a pretty cool thing. That doesn't mean then you can just leave them on the ground and let them hold their bottle and not give them that, you know, um, <laughs> that, that connection piece with you. Um, but you know, that, that, that then you can be like, oh, look at you, you're like a big girl holding your bottle. You're so cute, you know, and you can give them some of that really cool um, dopamine release again with when you're holding them and, and providing that bonding um, experience with them. So, yeah, so helping around the house, being independent with their um, dressing and um, uh, stuff. Again, toothbrushing is always a battle with families. And so uh, creating that kind of expectation and consistency around toothbrushing that mom does it first or dad does it first for two minutes and then you get your turn. And mm-hmm. that's always the rule. You know, there's no fight about it. Um, then it doesn't become, no, I do it today. My turn, me do, me do, you know. Yeah. And, and it's oh, mom's turn first, then your turn. You know, mom's yeah first in your turn and that's exactly what we do and I still get like a little bit like me 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 but then I'm like nope mom first and then you get your turn but in, like it's not a long battle or like crying it's just like I'm just gonna try to push it a little bit yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah exactly and and you know again helping helping because again you want their teeth to you know you want your job is to make sure that their teeth stay healthy when they're little and and that they learn some habits of brushing teeth and how to do it and mm-hmm. so you're going to help them do that and then let them experience it and practice it also okay um and so that like so when your children 
are starting to follow you all around the house and be your little shadow. And, um, you know, that's the time when, you know, they want to help and they want to do and, you know, and so I know there's not a whole lot of real true help they are, but that's the opportunity where you can get um, some positive interactions with your child. You can get some of that bonding time, um, which releases those happy um, neurochemicals for them. And um, they get that positive feedback from you that, that they just did something that they were big and did, did help you with something. Mm -hmm. So again, it's something as simple as, um, you know, you giving them some of the utensils to put away in the utensil drawer. Um, yes, they're not going to always put them in the right spots after, but they're going to be really proud um, to start putting them more. <laughs> and then they're going to learn that the spoons go in the spoons and forks go in the forks. And then that's a sorting activity and that's pretty cool. Um, and so that might keep them busy a bit while you're doing the rest of the, of the, um, of the dishwasher, or if you have plastic stuff that come out of the dishwasher, they can put those in your plastic drawer. Again, they're just going to get chucked in your plastic drawer and you're going to have to, you know, reorganize it after. Um, but they're going to get that feedback from you of being a helper and, um, and helping you with the, with those things and, and uh, being a positive opportunity for them. Um, laundry, the same thing. They can pull things out of, if they have an, a dryer that's low enough that they can reach in and they can pull the stuff out and it's all warm and they can pull them all out and try to get them in the laundry basket. And then they're going to want to jump in the laundry basket because it's nice and warm, you know, and, and then you can give them a, a ride in the laundry basket. So you get lots of little positive interactions there. Again, they're, it, they don't speed you up, they slow you down. Um, and so you have to go back to that time Part and know that those things will just take time um, and um, but also know that you're doing it for a, um, a really positive reason for your children instead of saying don't bug me I'm doing the laundry um, you know you can encourage them to help a little bit with that or that they can put the items into the dirt like the dirty laundry into the washing machine that was always a favorite with my children um, they just love that, you know, they love dumping, uh, throwing them up there and trying to reach into um, putting them up into the uh, machine and um, we use tongs and they could put them up with the tongs into there. Sometimes my son would bring his um, backhoe and, and, and grab the backhoe, <laughs> grab it and try to put it up in there, you know, like, I mean, right. Um, and sometimes it's just like, they'll do like a few things like for like two yeah. minutes and then that, they're done. And they're done. Exactly. They might only do like four things in the thing and then they wander off again. Yeah. And, and they're not going to stick with it necessarily. That's not their job to stick with it. Their job is just to have an interaction with you. And your job is just to be like, oh, right on. Thanks for your help, buddy. And that's it, you know, but it gives them um, really positive feedback. It helps them with those independent skills and they get to see kind of how systems work in the house. Like um, that, you know, if you want clean clothes you, your clothes need to go in laundry basket and the basket has to come downstairs and the basket has to get washed. And then I saw a meme recently about, you know, laundry being done, washer, you know, washer takes 30 minutes, a dryer takes uh, an hour, 60 minutes and folding takes uh, five to seven business days. <laughs> yeah. I, mm -hmm. I laugh so hard on that. I'm like, yes, isn't that true? Mm -hmm. um, and so 
Um, sometimes, other... sometimes even the dryer takes a couple business days. Sometimes it gets restarted a few times. Yes, because I don't like wrinkles, so I just hit the restart. Yep. <laughs> Fluff them up again. Yep. <laughs> nice and warm. Yeah. So some really simple things um, besides those is they can help learn to put their dishes uh, in the sink or on the counter. Um, they can help with food prep. So um, they can help with washing the vegetables or fruit before you're going to cut them. You can cut them and then they can pick them up and put them into a container or pot. Um, they can scoop out uh, frozen things using a cup measure or something like that and they can dump them into a container for you. Um, so there's lots of that kind of prep stuff that they can help with in the kitchen. Um, they can learn to put their garbage away. That's, that's a really mm -hmm. big one. So if they're done eating a snack and there's the garbage that's included with the snack, then they can, you know, oh, here, grab your stuff, go really fast, run quick and put in the garbage. So especially uh, when they're young, they love putting stuff in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. You just have to remember to check your garbage for other things some yeah. occasionally. Yep. And you know, those silly <laughs> garbages where you like the little foot pedal and the yeah. little, oh pop, yeah, you know, um, you know, they like that. Yep. So you, you, those are $20, I think, or something like that. And sometimes you can get one of those and have that in your living room if that's like better of a cue for you to remind your child to put the garbage away. And um, and again, they can act like a certain character or animal and put it away, being an animal or, you know, they can, they can do it in different ways to make it kind of fun for them instead of nagging at them to clean up after themselves. So um washing their hands um learning how to wash their hands and dry their hands and um learning how to get dressed of course you know that's going to take time lots of extra time and patience on your part mm -hmm. so yeah but those are all skills that are really important um and feeding themselves um really important for children to be given the opportunity to to engage in and, and practice because it's lots and lots and lots of motor practice and then kind of creating them kind of those routines that, oh, when I do this, I need to do this. And when I do this, I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's like parents don't have to do it every time they're, they're making dinner. Like they don't have to be oh. up there helping. Like Abby helps us make some food. Like she'll help me chop. Like she holds her hand on the knife and we yeah. chop or she, she has her jobs, but then like, it's not every night. Like some days I'm like, nope. <laughs> I can't have you help but I still give her those chances to do yeah. her things or like clean up her messes or like whatever but it doesn't have to be every single time that's right yeah, yeah. and and absolutely I mean we can't like it'd be ridiculous to have them help with everything all the time um so again you'll be like um you know if, if, it, if you're running racing and running running late as a parent and you don't have or you just don't have the patience that mm -hmm. day or moment or whatever for them to be in your space then you know give them two choices of things they can do while you get the stuff done that you want done right so instead of again saying no get out of the kitchen i don't want you here mm -hmm. which is the message that says I don't want you here you know you're not important um which really is not what you're wanting to say you're wanting to say I just need to get this done by myself without 
hands around, little kids around me, right? Or this is my time to myself. Yes, or this is my time, right? Um, and so instead, give them two choices of things they can do and say, you know what, mom's going to do this really fast right now. Um, you, you can do this or this, and then I will play with you after dinner, you know? And so again, you're giving them some structure and expectation of when you will give them some attention, um, you know, because again, that they're probably wanting some attention if they're coming to you. Mm -hmm. I feel like all of this is true for adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> I think this all just goes back to like every point you've made. It goes back to the adults having to break the habits, not like the yeah. kids having to really ch change what they're doing. But it's the adults having to adjust their habits of what like their screen time is and like mm -hmm. their outside time and like the role modeling and stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah and, and I mean it, it kind of it um you know it, it's hard like it kind of sucks as a parent when you're like dang you know mm -hmm. ah, I don't want to change you know like I, I I like doing my things my way and so the decision then comes to you is like are you frustrated as a parent with certain things and you want them to try some different things to see if that improves it. If you're not frustrated and things are going fine for you, then 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 that's good. That's awesome, right? You, you obviously aren't needing to make some changes. But if things are frustrating, and that's the families who come to me is when they're in crisis or having a really hard time with stuff, um, and, and they're willing to admit it. You know, a lot of people aren't willing to admit that that this stuff is really hard and they're struggling because they think they shouldn't be struggling. They should be able to manage this and they should be able to do all this because other people are doing it. And, mm. and, and it's hard, like it's hard being a parent and there's, you know, um, every child is different and every parent is different. Our personalities mesh and clash sometimes. And so trying to figure out how to make it as, less stressful of a early childhood for everybody mm -hmm. <laughs> parents included um, will will help the home environment so much more mm -hmm. um, sure. and the development of, of their children so so yeah you, have, you know again like i suggested like i know i talked about five big areas but Huge. one that you think that you feel that you might be able to tackle first mm -hmm. and um, pick a, a you know one item one idea that that I gave and then stick with it for two to three weeks that's my other suggestion is mm -hmm. so we as adults um, like so lots and lots of studies have been done right habits mm -hmm. take uh, 30 days or a month to form mm -hmm. so as a as an adult if you're wanting to change a habit in yourself you need to give yourself a full month. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and children are going to need at least two weeks to realize that you've changed for something for good. Like, you know, like they're going to just be on you and on you. This cannot have happened. You just walked to my world, parents. Like what happened here? You know, I'm going to push back hard, you know, because I don't know if I, I'm a little scared about this new thing that's come up. I don't mm -hmm. understand it 
because I'm a child. And so I'm just going to keep trying to push what I knew. What I knew is now different. So I'm going to push and push. But if you give them a good full two weeks, you should see a change um, in their behavior if they haven't already changed uh, fairly quickly before that. Yeah. I always say to the parents, give yourself a full month. Uh, be kind to yourself as a parent um, to try to change your habit for a month and give your child a, at least two weeks to adjust to the new expectation or new way that you're doing something. Two weeks following the month? No, it, during that month of you okay. doing Yeah. I'm like, four weeks or six weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I can't commit to six weeks. So. <laughs> I commit two weeks. So yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying like to be kind to yourself because this yeah. whole time I was thinking how hard it is for people already. Like they feel guilt, like huge amounts of guilt when, you know, they're taking their kids outside to play. And then maybe there's days where like, as a parent, you're just not mentally, like you, you don't have it in you yeah. and then you're not doing those things. And I know that's super draining on parents too. And like I've heard that. So it's nice, like be nice to yourself, obviously like 30 yeah. days as consistently as possible for your yeah. family to form a habit. Yes. Yeah. And like, okay, I'm, there's all these, you know, great, you know, pedestal ideas of things that would be perfect in the perfect world. Mm -hmm. um, that's not going to happen. And so as a parent, you have to um, accept that you're going to try your best. Mm -hmm. Some days you're going to succeed. Some hours you're going to succeed. Um, and some hours you're just going to fail miserably. And you need to just be like, Hey, okay. I'm okay. Like, yeah. let's like, let, let's like do better the next time. Mm -hmm. Right. You're just going to like, you can't, you can't do like we are not superhuman we are not machines we are not machines mm -hmm. and so we can only do as good as we can do at that moment mm -hmm. and if that means that we don't do very well uh, for a little while we don't do well for a while mm -hmm. and you need to move on from that and okay what am I going to do next here what is my next step that I can do and you, you know you're going to you blow up, you freak out, you apologize to your kids. You're like, I'm sorry. I had really strong emotions. I got mad at you. Let's keep going here. I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to do that. Let's go and do something different right now, you know, mm -hmm. because you can't change that. It's done. So you need to like get, get that guilt part off and you mm -hmm. need to do the next thing that you can do and focus on what you can do next. Um, if we focus on all the things we should be doing and all the guilt and the things that we should have changed and stuff, like you eat yourself up. You just, right? That there, yeah. you're going to loop yourself on to, you know, just these negative thoughts about yourself as a parent and, and get depressed about it and, and your anxiety go up and all those things that mental health stuff is tell, you know, you know, that's what's going to happen to you because that's what happens. Mm -hmm. So you take some of the things that I talked about in a sense of what are some things that your children like doing? You have to think about yourself too. Like what are some things that you like doing as a parent and um, incorporate those things into your day too, so that you give yourself some of your own positive mm -hmm. um, feelings about yourself too, you know? Yeah. But it, it's like, yeah, like it, it you know, 
comparing our and, and the thing with social media too there's so much where we compare ourselves inadvertently to yeah. images and people and posts that we see on social media so if you are scrolling doing the finger scroll and you're seeing oh they went out skating today oh they yeah yeah today oh I'm mm -hmm. such a I haven't gotten my kids out to that yet oh my gosh stop like stop <laughs> right yeah. mm -hmm. or even you didn't even make it out of your pajamas today like yeah it's okay you've got to yeah. like like so if if you know that you're if that's contributing to some of that stuff then check your screen time too like be honest with yourself like maybe um maybe that's not helping your mental health either in the sense of being a parent um yeah yep, there's some great awesome ideas out there i my tons of ideas i use social media obviously to post yeah them. you know my intention is not to make people feel guilty for not doing those things with their children my, mm -hmm. my intention is to give them ideas that yeah. when have the ability to do those things with their children they can yeah yes. yeah when they have the ability to yeah, yeah. it is their choice the I move mean, they want to post yeah. their choice you don't yeah. you want to you don't control it no and so you have to again you have no control over that but you do mm -hmm. have control over what you do see mm -hmm. and you have um control over the self your your self-talk right right so you have to and that that takes a lot of practice in maturity and and strategies and stuff that work for you for that whole mm -hmm. mental health looking after yourself thing right so yeah. mm -hmm. that's a lots and lots of topics on those oh yeah <laughs> part three <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i hope that gives um everyone some ideas of things and again there's lots and lots of things pick at one or two things that you mm. want that you feel that um you know that your family and house would benefit from mm -hmm. and and run with it. Have yeah. fun. I honestly think all of your ideas are so easy to implement too. It's not something that's like so far fetched as an idea where like even from the last time you were on, my friend brought snow inside into the bathtub for her Yay. daughter. Yeah, and because it was cold out the other day, they went out completely bundled and she just like put her in the snow. And yeah. you know, and it's just like to experience just sit. it. Yeah. And we were, we were texting the other day and the snow was falling down and I was like, Oh, you should take her outside and like, check the snow out. She just sends me a picture. They're already out there. But, you know, like it's, yeah, it's nice. I think like, uh, the message is getting out there. I think that a lot of people are so interested in living that kind of life and like offering that to their kids if they can, yeah. like, you know, I think you mentioned last time, like generationally there was like, we lost it for a little bit, but I really do think it's coming back. So hopefully. And, and sometimes people are like, like, how do we get it back? And, and yeah. there's some ways of how to get it back. Right. Yeah. Because it is a different world like that, that every generation is different. Yes. And so um, it's our chance here to add some of these things back into our children's lives and um, back into our lives too. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and also still have the um, benefits of what we have as society now. We just, you know, use use some really good common sense and some research now that we can say, yeah, some of the, we have to have limits on things and we have to also provide experiences with things. And mm -hmm. we also have to still be present and right. enjoy life. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's awesome. <laughs>
Thank you, Anna, so much. Yes. Yeah. It's um, a pleasure having you yeah, back. Yeah, honestly, like just such good information and it, it applies and to reminders. everybody. Yeah, applies yeah. to everyone, I think across all ages too. So no matter how yeah. old your kids are, you can, it's never too late. To I don't even think just for kids, yeah. I think for adults, all of this yeah. applies yeah. as well. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys. Anytime. Take care. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Anna. Have Bye. a great day. Bye. -bye.